0: You're listening to Caring for Cleft, an audio series that tells stories of comprehensive cleft care. Caring for Cleft is brought to you by the team at Transforming Faces. It is hosted by Executive Director, Hugh Brewster.
1: It was like swimming in the ocean, but with no boat on site, because we were all in the middle of COVID ourselves. Uh, you just uh,
2: uh, had to be there, out there, trying to reach out to your colleagues putting on your thinking cap and uh, the more uh, you spoke to more you interacted with people who have been fighting it out was uh, the best thing to uh, do uh, in in the wake of the pandemic
3: From the postponement of surgeries and in-person therapy to the cancellation of public transportation to insufficient personal protective equipment for medical practitioners, COVID-19 unleashed extraordinary disruption to the delivery of comprehensive cleft care worldwide. I wanted to know how families who are already in vulnerable situations would manage their child's care as the pandemic drags on, and how would this crisis affect those organizations caring for cleft A hopeful glimmer amidst this distressing backdrop came via the Circle of Cleft Professionals, a network of over 500 practitioners supported by 11 leading global cleft NGOs. They mobilized their membership to collaborate beyond regional or NGO silos in convening the first Solutions for Comprehensive Cleft Care, or S4CCC conference. Niti Deftari, Transforming Faces' program manager for global initiatives, had a unique perspective on these gatherings.
4: Hi everyone, I'm Neeti Daftri. I hosted the Solutions for CCC conference in 2020 and 2021 on behalf of the Circle of CLEP Professionals. A solutions group is a diverse interdisciplinary group of six to eight CLEP professionals who meet regularly over a short period of time, say two to three months, where they explore a key pandemic-related CCC challenge And then they consolidate their learnings and present their findings and recommendations at a round table at the S4CCC conference. So we made sure that each of the solutions groups consisted of members that represented different countries and regions, different cleft care specialties, a range of experience levels. At least one of the two co-chairs in each SG group resided and worked uh, in a lower middle-income country.
3: Adapting and updating care protocols in light of the pandemic is a challenge faced by every CLEFT team around the world. We caught up with the co-chairs of Solutions Group 3, the team tasked with examining this important topic.
0: My name is Matt Fell. I'm a plastic surgery trainee in Bristol, United Kingdom. And I'm also a research fellow at the CLEFT Collective here at the University of Bristol. I'm a trustee of the Cleft charity, and I co-chaired the Solutions Group 3.
1: I'm Karen Goldschmidt. I'm a speech and language therapist from South America, Chile. I work at a children's hospital for many, many years already, since 1998. From speech therapy
3: to dental care, social supports to surgery, COVID-19 caused unprecedented delays and challenges in providing cleft treatments to families around the world. In Chile, Karen's team faced many difficulties moving forward while the country was locking down.
1: Well, I think at the beginning we had all shut down and we weren't able to have access to our patients physically only by telemedicine, not in in all cases, but most of the cases. Some aspects of our treatment, they have to be face-to-face. They have, the, the, the child or the family needs to come to our facilities. We cannot uh, treat everything with telemedicine. A surgery is at the hospital, and nasendoscopy is at the hospital. Some uh, evaluation that we have to uh, to do in speech, it has to be face to face. So you have to think twice if you're if you're having access to that child and you will send the child to the hospital if it's really worth to do that, or if you can postpone it. And then you have to think again. If I postpone it, will it be good for the child? Or can I make a harm because I haven't treated them earlier? And it has shifted may- maybe to something more global, like global health care, that they don't get um, involved with COVID sickness, more how they're doing as family. Do they have food? Do they have work? The parents, how they're... It's more global for me as speech-language therapist. So I had to change that now and being more open To see a global patient and not only a speech-language patient.
3: While the contexts for cleft care were unique, each member of the Solutions Group was united in a struggle to find ways to deliver care while keeping patients, families, their colleagues and themselves safe.
0: Well, this is one of the areas we we focused on uh, in our our group, um, safety and and in our discussions, it became apparent that it, it it was these three three big groups the the patients, their families, and and the staff um, that that we had to uh, keep keep safe. And safety protocols are, are something that every healthcare professional is is incredibly familiar with. It's it's what what we're all brought up on. You know, we uh, safety is the first concern. So we it, it's certainly nothing new this, but. Um, We appreciated that COVID brings new challenges and and new safety considerations um, for these three main groups. And we thought it it would be helpful in in our group to try and identify what what those um, new safety uh, considerations were relating to COVID and and, and how cleft teams uh, might have to build them into their protocols um, ar- around the world. And, uh, you know, that, that's a really big task because uh, everyone's situation is, is, is different.
1: And also, we were always focusing on the patient. And now we have to look at, at the side of us. I have another colleague who's a language therapist. I have a, a surgeon who is my colleague. They got COVID. They were sick. We had to adapt to that Um that problems because it's it's a huge problem. It's not a day-to-day. It's it's you have your you have your program and this COVID has changed your programming, your future. It it has you have to be more uh, flexible in this time of COVID area.
3: Another solutions group participant whose keen insights pushed the group ahead was Dr. Jayanth of Bangalore, India.
2: Hi, I'm Dr. Jayanth here. I'm a cleft surgeon. Basically, I'm a maxillofacial surgeon by training and I've been into the field of cleft surgeries for the past 19 years. I work for this NGO, ABMSS, which is headquartered at Bangalore. Pandemic had two parts in my part uh, of the country where I dwell, that's in Bangalore. And uh, 2020, the first wave uh, of the pandemic was uh, Uh, it didn't have much of an impact in this part. The government announced a lockdown for three months and most of us sat inside because we didn't know what to do. A lot of anxiety and apprehension was there. Most of the surgeries were cancelled during the phase one. Now, that led to a backlog of cases and building up of the cases. And uh, once the lockdown was lifted, uh, we all got back. But then please remember we didn't have uh, vaccination even for the professionals the doctors were not vaccinated and there was a scare and we all got uh, used to wearing the ppes uh, wearing the hood around and talking to our patients and we would do a lot of online screening to ensure that the patients were healthy they didn't have any symptoms and then
3: got them to the hospital even before COVID, barriers to treatment were extensive, but now the disruptions were overwhelming. Surgeries were delayed, transportation from rural parts of the country were made even more difficult, PPE was scarce even in hospitals, and concerns for everyone's health abounded.
1: It was like swimming in the ocean, but with no boat on site because we were all in the middle of COVID ourselves. And one of our team members he had to have a little recess because he was involved with his family with COVID issues and and they were sick and so we experienced also that. Imagine me with a mask
2: and a hood and all of that and a face shield. So it's important for the doctor to establish an eye-to-eye contact with the child and the family or the mother. You need to look into the eye of the mother or the father and counsel them to gain their trust and confidence. Now, these are some things which we are missing in the wake of the pandemic. It's become so artificial, you see now, with all the other uh, contraptions on us. So I am personally missing a bit of uh, the conventional style of consultation with, with all the gadgets, number one. Number two... Would you expect a child to smile at me with the PPE and with the hood and other things? They start crying here. So uh, it it is that much more harder for us to uh, actually look in or examine properly with the child not cooperating with us. So uh, this is a professional challenge which most of us have gone through. And uh, once or twice when I got exposed to uh, COVID-positive patients, I had to quarantine myself for 14 days from my family. And the anxiety associated with it for my family and others, because my son is also not vaccinated.
3: Against a backdrop of experiences like these, the Circle of Cleft Professionals was inspired by the commitment of leaders to work together across countries, disciplines, and NGO affiliations to compare notes, complete research, and propose common solutions.
0: It was a very powerful uh, experience. I uh, wasn't prepared for that um, because when when people uh, in the group um, started describing their their experiences, it was really humbling to appreciate almost firsthand. Because you were, you're not just reading it in a an article somewhere. You're hearing the the challenges that people were facing, and that it was professional challenges, but it's also personal challenges for a lot of people with. With COVID affecting their their family members and their their immediate concerns, we're really in the in the middle of a, a bad time for a lot of people.
1: We have different approaches, different realities, uh, but the same goal, and that was. Um, positive and reassuring that you are on a, on on the right path and yes we have different realities and different uh, problematic and for example in Chile we had a good vaccination program others they couldn't afford even one vaccine at that point we were uh, trying to get the children to the hospital and being afraid uh, about getting uh, exposed to covid others they were trying to get food to their patients because they weren't able to be probably feeded, solve the problematic. It's so different. So that way, uh, we could actually have a
2: lot of discussion on how to actually come out with protocols and solutions that included every aspect of surgical care. And we went about demarketing it based on uh, whether it is a primary procedure or a secondary procedure. So that way, we were able to color code each of the components based on the intensity of the requirement and the impact it had on the child, if not delivered immediately.
0: It was very, very powerful. It really broke down the barriers being in this group together because it didn't really matter what specialty you were or or what what level of seniority you were. People were speaking on a very
3: um, level playing field, which was uh, empowering, I think. Another aspect that made the solutions group unique was a shared value of proposing ideas that would support comprehensive cleft care, an approach that requires input and collaboration among a variety of disciplines.
1: Yes, a speech language therapist involved in this cleft team care, you have or I have to be able to not only understand what's a surgical procedure, but actually my surgeon invites us to the OR to see and perform a performing cleft uh, surgery or lip repair so we can understand really the anatomical issues that they're dealing because then I have to treat that and then I have to to, to make that palette work. Um, so it's always positive to work with others and to see and hear other point of view and other disciplines. I got a very
2: clear insight and roadmap on how you can actually ensure a very holistic and comprehensive care that benefits not just the aesthetics, but has an overall impact on the function, the psyche of the child. So as I learned this and I saw how things uh, transformed in Mysore, I myself mentoring and monitoring the team learned that uh, uh, right from NAM Nutrition, these uh, the add-on ent services and uh, likewise the dental has a profound impact on uh, the quality of uh, care clinically and also in terms of the impact that you can make at every level
0: i think importance perhaps' not even the right word it's just vital. we couldn't have had a leg to stand on and wouldn't have known where to start if it was uh, a bunch of surgeons uh, and i think that really became. Uh, obvious in our, our consensus recommendations at the end, because there was a, a, a real emphasis on on speech outcome, um, a, a, a real agreement that the the functionality of of, of speech is so important with uh, people who have clefts for them to be able to um, communicate and socialise and operate in in this world that that we
3: live in. The Solutions Group came together with their unique voices and perspectives across disciplines to share their experiences of navigating the pandemic. Dr. Michael Goldwasser from Operation Smile generously shared the results of his year-long examination of pandemic safety considerations as a rich starting point for the discussion. Each member had something critical to offer.
0: The first thing that that dawned on us was the enormity of the task because we we were set the the task of of considering adaptations to the cleft care protocol in in covid and after covid and uh, we we really after after a, a very short conversation realized that first of all these protocols which uh, have incredible um uh, potential benefit because protocols are there as a as a guide to try and streamline and improve care so they're a really great thing but they vary hugely uh, around the world. And there are so many reasons for that. Um, there are lots of different ways of delivering comprehensive cleft care. And there are lots of different ways of measuring success afterwards. And there are lots of different uh, scenarios that people are facing all, all around the world in terms of uh, economics and, and the, the setup of care and, and other problems outside of COVID, such as potential civil wars, et cetera. So for us to try and make any recommendations in this diverse um, area was going to be a real challenge so the first thing that we we, we knew we had to do was to 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 come and uh, agree ground principles and then focus in on on areas that we thought would be most helpful and and that's why we settled on uh, safety and prioritization within the protocol because we couldn't address everything it would be too difficult
2: well the scientific community was the one which actually uh, was out there during the pandemic advocating for protocols and uh, no one individual had a clear-cut answer to what's the best solution out there and uh, you just uh, uh, had to be there out there trying to reach out to your colleagues uh, putting on your thinking cap and uh, the more uh, you spoke to more you interacted with people who have been fighting it out was uh, the
0: best thing to uh, do uh, in, in the wake of the pandemic. One of our members from Brazil uh, described to us how they had been uh, practically useful um, on a national level when they're making diff- difficult decisions about the allocation of, of care and that our, our recommendations helped to crystallize thinking and actually helped in that process. So they, that, was a,
3: that was a pretty amazing thought. A structured group sprint from initial sharing of experiences towards presenting solutions, hearing feedback, and ultimately publishing the results was what solution group members signed up for in this unique roundtable design.
0: So the, there are several elements of the, the process that were really beneficial and, and, and help us in our task. I think it was actually very structured, so we knew well before how many times we were meeting and we had an end goal where we needed to come up with something and actually speak amongst our esteemed colleagues around the world. So that gave us the fear uh, that we really needed to get down for it. You know, we couldn't slack uh, here. So, so that, that pressure um, helped to galvanize us as, as, as a team. Uh, We benefited from, from tech uh, because we were all around the world and in, in different time zones, Uh, you know, a decade ago, this would not have been possible or much more difficult. i would never been involved in anything like that before, Uh, is an example of how people from different time zones, different experiences could come together and, and, and work effectively
1: as a team over a short period of time. It will help us to have this tool, not only to do things, but also to audit what we are doing. And sometimes we have a protocol to do things. But nobody looks backwards. How are we doing those things? As we as we know, we are a, a very diverse group and with different um problematic. Sometimes you can't do it because you don't have access, and this protocol could be a tool to audit and to see. You know what? I can't do this because I don't have this tool. I don't have this specialty. I don't have this surgeon, and maybe focusing our helping in those things that are missing in that particular team.
0: And and we thought that despite all of the the challenges that we we faced, it potentially would be very useful to to make these tools and recommendations because um, for for providers of comprehensive cleft care around the world, if, if we can have a more of a united um, front uh, uh, amongst these foundational principles of, of a protocol, if, if everyone has an element of agreement, it it makes us stronger as a, a community of, of providers of, of comprehensive cleft care.
2: I had a colleague from Africa who was an anesthetist in the SG3 group, and uh, he would carry the message across in his country. The achievement was that we not only thought of it in the peak of the pandemic, uh, of, uh, well, within my country to the peak of the pandemic, but it helped me also to adapt my practice based on the consensus that we brought out during the course of SG3. So mm-hmm. that was a big impact for my practice.
3: In thinking about the Solutions Conference, the observation that crises can bring out the best in us rings true. Motivated by the pressing needs of families affected by CLEFT, The work of Solutions Group 3 is an inspiring example of generosity, solidarity, and high-quality work emerging as colleagues listen to one another and share evidence-informed insights towards a common goal. I asked Neeti from the Circle of Clap Professionals what stood out for her looking back on this journey. So
4: one thing that definitely stood out for me was the importance of diversity. The solutions groups were diverse in every way imaginable. They came from different regions. Uh, different NGO affiliations and approach to cleft care, uh, different cleft care specialties, work cultures, time zones, and the list goes on. Most of these members met each other for the very first time and they had to work closely together for two months. Uh, So while this did present some very real challenges, nearly all SG members agreed that the experience was both rewarding and enriching and one that they had never previously experienced before. So we've been seeing the importance of writing down and disseminating the work and learnings of these SG groups. The learnings and recommendations from each of the SG roundtables have been documented and presented in a report that is now accessible on our conference website. Going forward, I would definitely like to see more LMIC-rooted research being published.
3: wanted to know how would SG3 leaders describe the impact of the Solutions Group process? So
2: I think uh, we should be thankful to God that uh, he gave us an opportunity, uh, not just by serving the cleft patients, but also because of uh, the service industry that we are in, we learned uh, during the uh, the peak of the pandemics from the best of the colleagues across the globe. And we are doing something meaningful, contributing to the well-being of the society
0: and the community. Yeah, well, it, it was it was just in in the sort of darkest time of COVID when the, the the world seemed to be in in such a such a state. It was a real celebration of people coming together and. Uh, a real sort of demonstration of the the power of, of being united in Cleft, because I think there are so many examples of when people work alone in organisations and and separately and and uh, trying to find the common ground was 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 really really great.
1: So sometimes you have to be thankful with what you have, and I feel with this group, I was thankful to be able to share my reality and to listen to their reality and to be thankful.
3: It is fitting to end this episode on this note of gratitude. While so much work is left to be done, CCC professionals are persevering so that each child and family can receive the best care possible, even amidst the pandemic. We're delighted to report that a research article based on the experience of this solutions group has now been submitted for publication. Kudos to group members Matt Fell, Karen Goldschmidt, Giant BS, Michael Goldwasser from the USA, Rui Pereira from Brazil, Christian Nawesh from the DRC, Rachel Weiner from Canada, and NGO sponsors Cleft Charity UK, Smile Train, ABMSS, Operation Smile, and Transforming Faces.
0: Caring for Cleft is brought to you by the team at Transforming Faces. It is produced by Sahil Ali and Kari Siebritz with help from Hugh Brewster, Rachel Weiner, and Danica Robertson. We're grateful to our guests, Matt, Karen, Giant, and Neeti. Transforming Faces is a founding member of the Circle of Cleft Professionals, a worldwide network promoting comprehensive cleft care in resource-constrained contexts. To learn more, please visit cleftcircle.org.